Are you trying to find the perfect distribution platform to get your music on Spotify and Apple? I personally use and love DistroKid. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash DistroKid to get a small discount and get access to a platform with unlimited uploads for a yearly fee. Happy uploading and enjoy the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me as always is my lovely co-host, Low-key Lou. (laughs) (laughs) And with us is special guest, all the way from New York, Chase Style. Thank you so much for joining us, Chase. How are you doing? Thanks, man. Thanks for coming. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on here, man. I'm I'm pretty excited about, you know, speaking to you guys. And, you know, like I said earlier, I admire your work ethic, um, DK, and just what you guys got going on. When I came out to visit, I'm like, man, these guys got it. Uh, I I fuck with it. (laughs) Yeah. We appreciate the love. Yeah, we've. This has been a wonderful, exciting morning day of technical difficulties and problems <laughs> yeah. that we've been having. You were supposed to be here in person, but the flight right. got canceled. Dude, the the flight got canceled. And I mean, it makes my earlier problem sound so stupid. I, I <laughs> wanted to take the guys from Indonesia out to eat at a really good place. Mm-hmm. It turns out they were closed, but over here we got canceled flights and technical yeah. issues. With the you know, when you, once the, you hear technical issues with an airplane, you don't you don't want to get on another one. So you know, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's not combine that. <laughs> like you ain't getting yeah, on that one. So, we go, we'll wait. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we're grateful yeah. that we're able to, for the you know the internet that we're able to do this remotely. Yeah, um, we appreciate your time. Um, no problem. We even had like internet issues and camera issues. It has literally taken us like a full on hour just to figure our shit out. Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize to everybody that's live on stream right now. If you're if did you know that we live stream the recording of our podcast every week on Mondays at two PM Pacific Standard Time on Twitch? Except for today. Today we're just a little late. Well, today we're it's more like two thirty three. But uh, uh <laughs> you can find <laughs> our live stream and all of our past videos on my YouTube channel or on uh twitch.tv backslash DK mixes. Also, Lou does a live stream every Monday night at six PM. Oh yeah. Um where he goes over some mixes, answers some questions, and maybe even play some games or whatever if you're yep. interested in that. That Twitch. mastered nice. by Lou for that one. Yeah, twitch.tv backslash mastered by Lou. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you, you're the Let's Smash, Smash Bros. So King, me, I heard. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah smash bros king huh <laughs> that's right i'd be smashing on people <laughs> there's a <laughs> so let's uh let's get right into the episode today we're gonna kind of delve into this and figure out exactly what we want to talk about we have a couple talking points mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but just to introduce chase a little bit chase is out in new york yes and he is a producer artist former former, former artist, artist. Producer, producer, engineer, recording and, engineer, mixing right. engineer, 
Um, just an all-around awesome audio guy. We met for the Thank first you. time in France at Mix with the Masters with mm. uh, when we yep. went to go see <coughs> Leslie Brathwaite. Yes, sir. Since then, we've kept in touch. Um, Chase, you're also a father. Mm. Um, what else? What other hobbies outside of music? I'd say a cool hat buyer. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, definitely into hats, you know, and collecting hats and stuff like that. <laughs> also, also a sneaker guy, man, just like you, DK. You know, I mean, I got my little sneaker right. collection. <laughs> I got my sneaker collection. I see what you be. I see you. Be, I see you a little bit over there, you know. So, I'll, um, I'll just stick to my cheat, black air forces. <laughs> so Chase and I have we've gone back quite a bit of time. Um, if y'all remember, I've talked many times about how we went to France. And we met up with, mm-hmm. for the first time, Leslie Brathwaite, who is Chase and I's mentor, um, and one of our yes. mentors, and has been a big influence. Chase, right. since then, has gone on to do many awesome things in New York, and I eventually moved to L.A. Um, under the recommendation of, of actually, under Leslie's recommendation. Um, and we've had mm-hmm. a lot of cool opportunities to learn and grow. Now it's been, what, three years since that last since we went out yeah 2019 yeah so almost almost three years yeah. ago actually almost exactly three years ago which is crazy almost exactly three so years. let's yeah. let's start there let's start actually before mix with the masters what's your come up what's your story um, you you got an education and you're uh-huh. you pursued music longer than the average person um you have a lot of resilience right. and then we went to mix with the masters and then after that tell us your whole story yeah, man, for me, this started really from the beginning. Um, in high school, I actually had a recording contract with Electra Records back when I was about 17, 17 years old. So um, at that time, my parents couldn't sign no contract. So we was just kind of like sitting on the sitting on the table with it. Um, long story short, Electra got, uh, went bankrupt. All the artists that were actually signed to the label went over to Warner Music. And me and my group, I was in a group at the time, and we just got washed away. So it was kind of like, okay, these guys are good, but... They're not signed to us and no, no officially. So that just, you know, happened with that. So I kind of been doing music ever since and then just grew from an artist to uh, a music producer and then from a music producer to a mix engineer. That's cool. So when was the official transition when, when you started mixing more? Um, when I went to school, um, when I went to Full Sail, um, I kind of fell in love with the art of, of, of mixing. Um, and try to implement my style of production into mixing, if that makes any sense. And that's why I was saying, like, me and you have have a similar style because we come from an artist standpoint. If people don't know, DK is a really, really good artist. You know what I'm saying? Songwriter, singer, arranger, he could do it. You know, don't act like you can't. You gonna act like you can't do it, but he could do it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I always admired about um, admired that about him because it reminded me of myself. So. And it's like, okay, when I when I listen to a mix, I'm trying to really produce it. I'm trying to like really be the artist in a way. You get what I'm saying? So that's it. Yeah, there there's definitely a difference between like a classically trained, we'll call it like traditionally trained, classically trained mixer that doesn't do very much on purpose versus someone like us where right. we're kind of like producing mixers. And right. um and that's that's so what it is. Know- you know, and I think that separates us from a lot of different engineers you know not not to say you know we're better than anybody it's just it's just a, it's just a different approach it's a different feeling like I, I i you know i'm not even though i know the technical things i went to school for it i know you know 20 hertz is over here you know 10k to 20k and this that and the third we all know that 
but what are you really adding to it? You get what I'm saying? What are you adding to the technical yeah. parts? Absolutely. You get what I'm so. And I like how you said it's not a better thing. It's literally just a style. And some people choose not to come to us because we do too much, you know? So yeah. it's, so right. Uh, um, <laughs> right. on that note, uh, I know a lot of people are going to ask about Full Sail. And because I know it's a yeah. little bit expensive, but Full Sail is notoriously known to be a really great school for audio education, video games, and film, TV, and stuff. Um, tell us about your time yeah. at Full Sail and how that was, and just in general, if it was worth it. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I'm not going to lie, Full Sail pretty much changed my life because I was one of those guys that thought I knew everything uh, or thought I was good enough until I was hit with a whole bunch of shit like, nope, you're not, and no, you don't know everything. No, this is what it is. And then it's like, oh, and then, you know, once you have that that natural talent or that natural feel of music, and then you get locked in with the education and the theory, and, and it it's just all connects. At some point, it has to connect, you know. So, and that's what it did you for know, me. So, and I, I needed it. I actually had that kind of experience. I like I like how you said all that because um, I feel like a big reason that a lot of people think they're going to school is so that they can become like a better artist or something. But it was like the technical side that like really kind of opened your eyes, like about how much you really yeah. didn't know and how much you were able to apply to it as uh-huh. an artist. It's not necessarily that you became better right. artist, but you can now apply with more knowledge what you were doing as an artist. Uh, which is actually right. really you, cool. You, you can't, yeah, yeah. And you, and you, and it's like, and then one day, and then and then from there, I pretty much just practiced all the time. You know what I'm saying? Practice, 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 practice all the time. Um, at first, I was using Studio One. That was my favorite, my favorite doll. You couldn't get me to touch Pro Tools at all. You know, I came, I came to France, and when I came to France, and 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 I think DK, I think Juan, I think. Rakim, Leslie, everybody that's there. Chase, learn Pro Tools. (laughs) Learn it. Learn it. Like, you can, it's like, because you can have your favorite doll, right? But for what I was trying to do and where I wanted to be, I had to learn Pro Tools. It was no question about it. If I want to be in any any recording studio, working as an engineer, working as an assistant, as an intern, even if you, even if you want to, I don't know, be the receptionist. Learn Pro Tools. <laughs> learn the basics of Pro Tools. Learn, learn how to record. Learn how to set up buses. Set up. So I, that was the most confusing thing for me. I don't I know do. if you remember. Juan was like trying to explain to me, "Yeah, you put the kids on the bus, and when the bus goes this way with the children, and then they drop them off." Like it was a whole bunch of shit he was saying. I, I, wait, 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 you know, wait. But, hold on, no, hold no. on. Was that an actual example used that mix with the masters? Uh, we, we were trying to explain yeah, how like buses work. I don't really. Oh, this wasn't exactly. part of the course. Yeah. You guys were just in conversation. Nah, they was telling me because I was I was so like I was the only one there that didn't use. Okay, cool. Because like I'm gonna start doing Everybody that now. I'm gonna did. start telling people that I'm putting kids on a bus, and I'm just gonna like I'm gonna try to work that into my lesson program. <laughs> right, and they and they drop them off to this to this. Uh, if you wanted to go to the verb, you got to drop them off at the verb. And when the verb, you know, it was crazy. It was funny. <laughs> totally, Yo, can I hear I your totally, explanation? Well, I totally forgot about that. At this point, like, totally it's like forgot. now you take the kids and you throw them into the grinder. And like, you, you clone them. And <laughs> <laughs> you clone them, right? You clone them. And then you put water on them. And you really experiment you with grow, one or two you know? of them. Try to see what, what happens. No, for real. But yeah, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. And... Um, that was actually a way fun time. So you were still going to Full Sail when Mixed with the Masters happened, right? Because did you graduate like 
Yeah, I was still going. So when did you officially... Yeah, I graduated in 2019. You graduated in 2019. So the right. end of... Okay, so it was like right after that. Like uh, a couple months oh, after that. Oh, that's awesome. That. Right. That's super awesome. So then you yep. start doing your own thing. I don't know exactly much of what happened, but you I've seen pictures where you started like assisting and recording under big studios. You worked on some awesome consoles uh, and, and some nice rooms yep. out in New York. Tell us a little bit about post... Post uh, mix with the masters. So, so post mix with the masters. Um, I graduated. Mix masters was like uh, April May. I graduated in uh, November of 2019. So my whole plan was to just right after graduation, just hit the streets and you know go to Atlanta, uh, know a whole bunch of people, and try to get in studios and things like that. But then COVID hit. Boom! Stopped my whole. You know, my whole process, my whole, this is my graduation, you know, my next six months grind hard, you know, and I got hit with the, the pandemic. So that kind of slowed everything down. But thankfully, later on, after during the summer, um, I had got a, a, a position over at the Hit Factory. And um, in I New remember York City, that. I remember uh, now called Germano's. Yeah. Now called Germano Studios. And um, <clears throat> and it was a great time, a great experience there, um, learning on the SSL duality console, oh, console. Uh, learning the patch bays. Yeah, it sounds really good, man. It's it's like anything you run through that bitch is like, it's coming out good. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and um, and yeah, I was there for a couple months working on different records, worked on um, the Sopranos movie, worked on a couple uh, joints with Joey Badass, a couple of records with... Uh, other people we had up in there, Keith Sir Richards. It was it was a lot of different legend people, legendary people that came through too. Not so much not so much hip hop and R and B, um, more more the old school you know rock guys. Those 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 guys were in there. A lot. There's still probably a lot of, especially from working on genres outside of what you're comfortable with. I assume there's a lots of like, uh-huh. opportunities to learn. I feel like working on genres that you're not comfortable with is is actually a really great place to learn. Um, and improve your craft. How did how did you feel about that? Um, I agree. I agree. Working on um like a lot a lot of rock music, um, I think it helped me with positioning drums. You know what I'm saying? Like sonically, not just because it's like it's hard to explain. See, this is the type of shit. It's hard to explain. All right, so when you when you have a drum set up, you know how the drum set up with certain certain positions of the drums, right? I learned how to hear it through the speakers and not just visually, if, if that makes any sense. Do you, do you feel like that part of that also <clears throat> took away from creative panning of the drums? Because uh, as a guy that came from rock, uh, I remember somebody uh-huh. once told me that like, oh, you pan the drums like a drum set. I was actually looking for something a little more abstract. Right. Do you feel like it's kind of changed uh-huh. your judgment of really? how to place your drums? That's a that's an uncommon request. I feel like that's yeah, kind of a no, fun one. yeah, it, it's fun because like I have different clients and different things, but like sometimes, yeah. um, like there was a point where I was working with like some like dark wave rock kind of stuff, like like gothic music, where it's like kind of like electronic kind of rock kind of stuff, and they like to get experimental with their sound. They want the snare all the way on the right and the kick drum yeah. all the way on the left. They they want like the <laughs> kick drum like super distorted and all kinds of stuff. Like it's it's wild, but like. I remember when I first started doing hip hop, I kept myself in the mindset of rock. I, I was learning the mindset of hip hop and um, I panned it too much like rock, apparently. Like the high rack tom on, uh-huh. in drummer perspective, like top left, uh, top right, and then floor tom to the right. 
you know and they're like it just feels a little too live like i was looking for like hard-hitting like hip-hop i was like i don't understand so with chase so did you (laughs) actually take part in the recording of the drum kits as well uh more more or less the setup um and not necessarily the recording part but just the setup and the actual actual mic placement i assume part how how was that what did you what did you learn from your time there about i hated it I hate I hated Mike I hated doing, I doing it. It was it, it's not my it's not my thing. Hey, at least <laughs> you, you know, know now. I, and there yeah. was another Yeah, there was another engineer that was there. He was just like he loved just like the trying to have it perfectly set up and then going back and listening to it. I'm like, "Man, listen. He just he just loved this. This is something that you got to like yeah. to do." Just like I think that that's actually a really yeah. good point to make where I feel like sometimes people try to do things because they think they're supposed to and then quick chasing mm-hmm. after things that are just fulfilling. Yeah, I found myself, I think, like that. Uh, I think I told you about like two years ago, like when we first met, where I was a little bit burnt out working on the stuff that was making me money. And I had to find my way back to working on stuff that made me happy. Mm. Yeah. Because right. I was like uh, 2019, like just before the pandemic, I was working so much that even my fiance would tell me, she's like, I never see you. But at that point, like I found out that I did break six figures for the first time, just as an engineer period. No, no external work. Um, But uh, I also found myself in a state where I was taking on so much work just because of the money that I no longer enjoyed what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. then I found my way back to working with artists who uh, I dropped my prices. I uh, raised my standards as far as people I'm willing to deal with, but I fell back into love. Right. I fell back in love with the process of working with these artists rather than just taking on whatever made uh-huh. me money. Yeah, that, that's a fear of mine, to be honest, to 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 fall out of the, the love for doing what I do. Because I'll do what I do for no matter amount of money. You know I, and I, mean? I think that that's like a pretty common thing. I've heard that a lot with engineers and producers. Um, have you ever gotten to the point where you felt like you were on the verge of falling out of love? Like, did you ever have to take a break? Uh, yeah, a couple times, a couple times. Um, it, it was more of uh, being discouraged because I always, I always had confidence in myself and my ability, ability to do music. But you know, it's it's hard when when opportunities don't come, when opportunities are supposed to come and then they don't come. You know, so yeah, it's been of tough. Course. Yeah. Of course, I, that that's probably. They where they opportunities just leave you hanging. I, I know how that goes. Yeah, I think all of us do all the time. I like, think the thing know, that was the most yeah. discouraging is whenever uh, Chase. I'm not going to ask you numbers or anything, so you don't have to say specifics. Uh-huh. But I'm sure this is something that you might have adapted into your workflow when dealing with a label, for instance. Like we we get these great opportunities, but they want to pay you two three months later. Have you had to adapt that right. into your work? Because I know in New York, there's a lot of indie, just as much <laughs> as there's corporate gigs and all that. But like, right. um, I know in a lot of these major rooms, like there's label budgets going on. So there's also delayed payments. And I know for me, uh, label budgets was always kind of like, uh, uh, I guess, not demoralizing, but like you, you were liking the project less because you were having a harder time paying your bills, even if it was more money. Hmm. Because they paid so late. So I was liking yeah. the. So you said you said did I do I like the the not the, do you like you it but have you had to adapt your workflow uh, to these things or have you managed to stay one lane or the other? 
I have. I, I think I, I still have a weird way of just just handling my business on that, on that side because I love doing it so much. Mm. So it's one of those things that I'm actually still learning and and figuring out. Um, all you engineers out there, you got to figure out your business. You got to figure out how you're going to accept money, like what you accept, what you accept, and how for how much and and what what amount of work is 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 on the session and things yeah. like that. I'm still like in that in that in that world. Um, where it's like a label, I'm still waiting on on some payments for some labels. You know, three three yeah. four months. You know, and you know, so where where I could have not done the work and just been happy not doing it, but I'm more happy doing it. Yeah, you get what I mean. So so, so tell us the biggest thing, couple of the biggest technical things that you learn while your time at the Hit Factory, or like some uh, awe moments things. that like. Maybe they they did something a certain way that just like that you did, you couldn't have been happier to have learned that one thing. <laughs> oh, um, mm. I think I think for me it was more or less how uh, how analog gears really sound. Okay, you know what I mean. Like uh, just kind of hearing hearing the quality, hearing the warmth, hearing the difference, and learning the difference between. Analog and, and digital. Okay. Would you not yeah. not to make you choose sides or anything, but would you say that it's something that let's say that you're completely in the box now, you would invest in in the future once it becomes a more feasible budget? Uh-huh. Um. Yes. Like I I, I I like the hybrid approach, okay. where it's both analog and digital. You can't you can't go wrong yeah. with that shit. Can't go. Okay. Wrong. What's what's your guys' setup? Your guys are kind of like a hybrid. Kind so of me setup, and DK right? are two sides of the same coin. We both do believe that there's a quality to analog gear, but we also both believe uh-huh. that you don't need it to become a good engineer and to have a good output. But uh, the way I like to yeah, look at things right. is this: um, I really do believe that analog gear makes a difference, and I believe that you can hear it immediately. Now, I do also believe that you can achieve <laughs> it in the right. box, but. If I can get to uh-huh. point A, uh, if, if I can get to from A to point B significantly faster and significantly easier, I'm the type of person that commits uh-huh. everything he does. So I don't do backtracking of anything. So I have no gear with re. I have no problem with recalls because there's nothing to recall. Right. Hmm. That was the worst. The recall. Yeah, that shit shit's was, annoying. Was so just commit too. on the way in. Like, just yeah, yeah. be confident in your moves. I would say that, like, <clears throat> this is piggybacking on that. I think the nicest thing about working in a bigger studio with higher budgets and with bigger artists is that you'd think they'd become a little bit more higher maintenance, right? And, and I, there are parts of it where they are, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. But the ones that are yeah. always asking for the most amount of revisions and are like the least comfortable with their own sound are the ones without very much budget. Are the yeah. artists where they're like, we can barely afford anything with a mix. They're going to ask for a hundred, like, a, not a hundred, but like, they're going to ask for a lot more revisions than the person. It's, it's a good amount. It's a yeah, good amount. I'll be honest. Every yeah. time I give a discount, been, I, I think get the more most revision I did request. was, I think the most I did had to be about 20, oh, 21. My. Oh, wow. That's more than I've 22? ever done. That was no, no. You know what? Yeah. I lied. I no, I've, I've done, I've like done more than that, but I think I, I think I did that because it was a very, um educational experience um the adam turchin album that i worked on took nine months to finish the mixing and mastering with like three sometimes four days a week sessions and all that because it was not only his first album but it was also my first uh major associated 
album where it had like Terrace Martin on it. It had like Sputs from Snarky Puppy on it. It had like all like Grammy oh, award winning and nominated people. And I was the small fry in the room. So like I was happily doing uh, every gotcha. revision that I could because I was after the best end result. But I do remember burning out like twice over in that album because of how many revisions there were. I ha- I had a little epiphany this uh. week where I need to stop being the guy, or not this week, this last Hey, man, you are the guy. You're the cool guy. No, no, but I, <laughs> I need to stop being the guy that's complaining about revisions. Like, I really don't think that that's good for the artist. Like, if, if, in, if Chase was the artist coming to me right now, and I'm like, uh-huh. yo, we're going to get this awesome, we're going to get this mix dope, and then Chase genuinely had a revision that he wanted to change. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I just want less reverb or delay in this one part. And if I acted anything less than, oh, yeah, of course, I'll do yeah. that for you. <laughs> then it's just like a bummer yeah, from the yeah, artist's yeah. end. So, like, yeah. I know that I complain about revisions, but I'm, I'm going to change how I view myself, my identity about this. And I'm going to start loving revisions to a limit. I know we talked about <laughs> this earlier, too, today. I, uh, yeah, we were, nah, I, I get you. No, we were saying, uh, like, you know, I, I don't really mind doing revisions. I just mind when it starts making the record worse. Mm. But, like, it's so subjective. It, it is. It really is. At the end of the day, it's not my yeah. record. I mean, the the whole, yeah, the whole, the whole idea of it. Now, now, that's a good point to, to, to point this out. Um, do you feel like people should hire you not for your service, but for who you are? I believe they should they hire can. you for what you are able to provide in return. But at the end of the day... We are in a service-based industry, so though it is our flavor, at the uh-huh. end of the day, it's their vision. I, I think that hmm. I work, and I hope that people hire me for my sound, and I'm sure that people do, but I would say right. that 80 90%, or sometimes even 100%, like lots of cats that have never heard me work, mm-hmm. still just want to uh-huh. work with me because I'm me. And, yeah. and Chase is Chase, right. and Lou is right. Lou. Right, right. That's that's pretty much what I hope for 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 my career. It's like because I I do get a lot of people to 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 mix songs like hey can you mix my record I'll mix your record but it's like you're it, it almost feels like you're doing it because it's just a service like you can go to anybody and find anybody that that's affordable at the time and just get it done. That's not that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. If you're not gonna let me do what I do, then I'd rather not even do it. You get what I'm saying? You know I've adopted a policy on. Almost every client, if I've never heard of you before and we have no mutual friends, um, which means I have no no knowledge of your sound or your your style at all, I will actually ask for you to send me the song first and I will listen to it and tell you if I want to mix it. Uh, reason being is that I don't want to take on any more projects that I will regret even if they did afford me. Like, I don't mind dropping my price to make myself more affordable for artists if I really like somebody. And I feel like a big part of what I'm doing now is selecting my clients based off of their personality and who they are as and their an individual. Exactly. Ask. Like, do you do good business? Okay, let's start there. Cool. Are you the type that's very temperamental and extremely needy? Are you going to be hitting me up every five minutes? Like, if that's the case, like, micromanagement <laughs> usually doesn't bode well for end results, um, you know. Uh-huh. I've, I'm, I'm I've decided to become selective. I'm the same way, but I do it for a slightly different reason. I've been for the last year to two years. I've been doing the same thing. Like um, in my quote system, when they fill out the form, mm-hmm. it's always like, "Give me, send me a demo or a link." And if they don't, I'll respond and be like, "Send me a demo or a link." Mm-hmm. Less about, um, well, it's for me. It's mostly about I need to ask 
find out if it's something good that I want to work on, but more for my mental health. Because right. like I, I'm always on the verge of burning out, I feel like, and, and I'm not afraid uh-huh. of it. I don't want to live my life scared. It, it just stopped oh. working. Um, but I definitely, I definitely am paying attention to if I want to work on it, because if I want to work on a project, I'm going to do a better job on it. The client's going to be happier. It's, it's partially for me, but it's also partially for them. I really don't want to work with someone where like, I don't believe in it, at least for their sake. You know what I'm saying? So, so please, so please help me. How do I say no? Uh, You know, I actually, uh, got it just on that. Exactly on what he asked. Um, I, Quick shout out to Gerald Keys, a Ludacris's engineer and producer. Um, we he was were here. working. He was here a little bit ago. Yeah, he was. Uh, in fact, we have an episode that's unreleased with him too. Um, oh, that's right. You talked yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. that's who the. Um, so the funny thing is, me and him used to work the same minimum wage job. Like, I I have so much respect for the people that I used to work with because we all came from the same jobs, and I've seen everybody yeah. grow. But the one thing that he said that that's dope. I've never not thought about when i talked to a client is the only issue with discounting your price is that you will never work as hard as you would have had it been your original price if if you feel like you're getting the small end of the bargain or like you're being underhanded you won't do as good and if you're not going to do as good don't take the job don't deliver a bad product if you don't feel like you're going to go into it with full intention just don't take the project Mm. yeah Yeah. and no matter the the funny thing is yeah like if you feel like uh, discounting it is going to make you do less. Don't discount it. Just say no. Yeah. That being said, I do think that I do have a knack and a talent for being able to find good in everything, even if it's like a total. You love project. outsider music. Like if even if it's shitty, pro- if it's weird shitty, then I will like love it. I'll be like, yeah. yes, this is dope. <laughs> yeah, I'm the like, look, I'm the same way. I've 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 mixed some some songs. It's like it's trash, but when you listen to it, you it ever listen good. to a song that I like, know exactly like you know it's like trash, but like you can feel their energy. Like they're all hype on the track, and you're like, oh, I kind of just want to bounce while mixing this. <laughs> like it's it's yeah, not the yeah. greatest song the I've heard, but like I could totally get into this. And also, there's there- yeah, and that's and that's because of you. That's what and that's what I'm saying. It, it wasn't the artist; it's because of what you did to it. You mm. get what I'm saying? Mm. And that's that that as as engineers we we should like start putting out there because I think a lot of people look at us as the guys that's behind the board and these guys they don't they're not really talented they just technical they just yeah. smart you get what do I'm you saying? feel like like no you, like because like you said like some people are just technically good but do you feel like a big part mm-hmm. of it is building a relationship with the people you've worked with like now that you've gone to like mix with the masters and you've seen other people work and all that like you've mm-hmm. now got your education you've become technically proficient. But do you feel like there's a correlation to the relationship you have with them or just knowing their genre? Uh, I think just knowing their genre, just uh, studying on their sound, Mm -hmm. um, because you can definitely not you can definitely mix a song like that's like folk music. But you could just study. Once you just study folk music, listen to it for a couple of hours or a day or two. If you got time, just listen to how the sonics is and then go ahead and do it because, you know, the technical side of it. And then you know, also you know, also know music. You know what sounds good and what don't sound good. As a as a professional engineer, you know what sounds good. You know what doesn't sound good. So, you know, people like us, you know, sometimes I, I understand the revision stuff, but sometimes it's like it gets od. Like this sounds good. What y'all talking about? Yeah. <laughs> You're bugging. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, um, so. La- I want to come back to the topic here, but 
So after Hit Factory and whatnot, you you survived the pandemic. I think mm-hmm. we're finally starting to get out of it. Even in California, yeah. they lifted the mask mandates, and I know in New York they stopped carting people at restaurants and things. Um, yeah, which is we're 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 seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and everybody's starting to step out a little bit, and hoping that it's going to be yeah. okay. Um, Do we have a human groundhog yeah, so, for this? Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> how has it been in the last two three years? Like after the Hit Factory. You got some really good experience um, there. Are you still helping out there every once in a while, or? Nah, I'm I'm def- definitely on like an on call kind of basis right now. But um, I, I after after the Hit Factory situation, I went out to Atlanta. I was out in Atlanta for a little while, and I ran into a, a friend of mine who um, his name is Manny. Oh, shout out to Manny to connect. And um, he's like, "Yo, Chase, I'm doing doing whole bunch of stuff. I got a club. I'm doing this, doing that. He's just like changed his whole life around, man." And um. He was telling me he managed an artist named Derez Deshaun. I'm like, ain't that the guy that sang the Hardaway record? He's like, yeah, that's my artist. I'm like, for real? Because, you know, I don't really believe a lot of people. That's just me. And when people say stuff, oh, yeah, I got this. No, you don't. That's just that's just my attitude. But but more playful than anything. And um, so, and he's like, yeah, you know, it was great timing because we're looking for a mix engineer um, for his next project. And I'm like, shit, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. And I've been rocking with them ever since. And you dropped a couple of records. All of them is well over a million views and streams and stuff, all that. You know, that's all the business side, but um, doing very well. And I'm, I'm very proud of it and happy. That's Shit, awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, so, first off. And isn't it funny thank how... Thank you, thank you. This is something that I said in a few episodes ago. We, we talked about this, which is like, if you just stay in the game long enough, mm-hmm. some sort of success mm-hmm. is like inevitable. And it's usually in a really random oh, yeah. way. Every time I ask people, people are like, so how'd you get connected with that? It's like, well, you know, I tripped because uh, I didn't tie my shoe and it just so happened I tripped on Britney Spears <laughs> and I became her engineer. I don't know. Like, it's always yeah. something like that. Like, for me, yeah, I, I have the craziest story of how, like, I started working for Keisha. Like, I was actually booked to engineer for her twice over and both of those sessions fell through. Like, I I never got in the room with her. Then, like, a year later, uh, BP, uh, her photographer, hits me up. He's like, yo, I got a friend of mine she's got a studio in her house like it needs to be rewired this and that i can't really tell you who it is because of privacy reasons Uh this and that so i had to park my car at a starbucks down the street and then get into a blacked out truck and then they drove (laughs) me to an undisclosed location and i get out and it's keisha and i fix up her studio like Uh we talk we connect and she's like hey can you do like a one-off session for me i'm like cool like just you know you work in the get, room like oh i'm like oh, no no i just i was like <laughs> i was like all right cool yeah totally like because from my understanding she yeah. had another engineer um but then she asked me something which was so what do you want or, or it came down to the lines of like so what do you want out of all this like why are you like doing this i'm like i don't know i just want to be happy i don't know what that means i just want to be happy and she really resonated with that and uh, shortly after offered me to start working with her but it was i was literally in a blacked out truck that's, the that's night before. a really sweet story i didn't know about the happy bit yeah that's a really sweet that's story. the model of my entire life and that's why i decided i'm willing to take less money now than i used to <laughs> uh, yeah, i just don't want to fall out of love with it again <laughs> yeah yeah right right so so you started working with this guy and and there's i assume yeah. there's like more <clears throat> other projects and whatnot but in general you you've started mixing a lot more yeah, I started mixing a lot more, way, way more. And um, uh, I wanted to ask you guys, was there at any point, right, you knew your mixes were okay, right? But then it's like 
something hits you, it was like something changed, whether it's like you, 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 something just changes in you and it's like, yo, I hear, I hear it differently than how I heard it before and it's better. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like almost like an epiphany, like an epiphany, like, and then you start hearing, because I was always listening for imperfections in other music. Right, I can never, I can never catch it. I can never like absorb the music well enough. That's out there. That's streaming. That's you know a bunch of Leslie stuff, a bunch of Jason Joshua, you know Josh Gooden. I'm listening for the, and then now it's like I hear it now. Now I hear everything. Now it's like okay, I think my mix is better than his. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I was wondering if that's if, if that ever happened to you. you no, know, it did happen to me, and in a really weird way. Um, I guess in a cautionary tale kind of way. Which was, uh, uh-huh. I felt extremely burnt out. I was trying really hard uh, about five years ago. And this is like when I finally started getting my stride of like getting really good at it. And my success was really starting to come in. Uh-huh. Um, I burnt out trying to learn too much and trying to compare myself too much. And when I finally burnt yep. out and took a pause for like a few months, like there was like a few months where I didn't record, didn't mix didn't write music anymore like i really just took a break like it was an emotional break uh-huh. um in that emotional break i decided to take a step back and listen to music i didn't listen to i started listening to like daniel caesar who was already around but like i didn't really pay attention to him and i just started listening to music yeah. just to try to have fun listening to music again uh kind of like uh yeah. the guy that directs movies doesn't like going to the to the movies because he's going to critique the movie instead of enjoy uh-huh. the movie um, I tried to just yeah. go back to enjoying music, and because of that, when I came back, I already knew what was tech, what technical options there was to to execute on ideas. But now that I was listening to right. it from a new perspective, one out of enjoyment, I found my mixes got extremely mm-hmm. better almost immediately because right. I started thinking from a creative standpoint than a technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Actually, right. that's actually a really good point. Um, I do think that young engineers like some of these young engineers will like flex and be like oh i can't listen to music without being critical of it oh i got the best headphones to listen uh-huh. to every imperfection you know it's like, <laughs> oh, like i'm in the car it's like oh these frequencies here and honestly speaking i think that that's more hurtful than helpful yeah i think that it's important for every yeah. engineer to to learn how to just enjoy music because it is like an emotional yeah it's an emotional language it's not it's not meant it to is. be a technical thing and and it's funny because like you say like, oh, this my mix sounds better than Josh Goodwin's, but like, it's he might also say the super same thing sub- all the way. Yeah, he might oh, say the same thing about his, right? <laughs> right, right, right. That's that's why. Yeah, it's very sub- it's very subjective. I, you know, very very. Subjective. And I think to your, that's why it's like, but that's why, but that's my point. That's that's why it's like, how can how can any mix be be wrong? You exactly, get what I mean? exactly. Say, so I think that if you're less you know, critical and more open minded, I think it's the thing that you're talking about. At least for me has become more a sense of like self-acceptance and confidence where it's like, oh, I understand right. now that it matters less and I'm allowed to like my own stuff more than some other professional. And... Big, big, big! Oh my God, you, you get know, it! Like, exactly. Because like, I, t- I, t- I talk to other engineers about this exact thing and it's like, they don't, and they don't get it. It's like, bro, you're supposed to like, you're supposed to like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're 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 smart enough. You're technical enough. You're creative enough. You're a professional mix engineer. Yeah. Right. You like your shit. Yeah. And and I and I think that and there's like it. a humble thing in two ways. In the first obvious way of humility would be like, oh, there's obviously lots of things that I can learn from other people. 
But I also think there's another right. side of that coin where you're humble enough to recognize that you just might be good. Yeah. A lot of times people get yeah. caught up in the popularity of things, to. too. Because, like, um, I was telling DK earlier, like, I was hanging out with a friend this past Saturday night, uh, Bo. And uh, I went to his house. And he, well, I would just went to, you know, to hang out, have a beer, uh, listen to some Genelec monitors that he wanted to show me. And then he showed me some of the music he produced. And I was instantly mind blown. I'm like, dude, you're like the most humble guy in the world. And like, I would party so hard. To, like, yeah. I don't listen to electronic or anything, but I would go so hard at the club. I'd be with all the whistles and the glow sticks and everything. <laughs> like, like, this is amazing. Like, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I just, you know, I was doing it for a while. And then I kind of burnt out. And then, you know, I just kind of was doing things for myself. And now he's like kind of paused out of music. But like, the guy next door could be a significantly better music producer, mixer, whatever. And you might not even know. It's not all about if everybody knows you or not, if that means you're successful or not. It's about mm-hmm. whether you get the <clears throat> results that you're looking for when you attempt uh, whatever you've attempted. To do yeah, if you set out right. to get a great vocal mix and you feel like it sounds great, Joe Meek said it best. If it sounds good, it is good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And 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 because I, I always um, went back to referencing records all the time i actually do that less now um it all depends it all depends but i used to just try to reference records try to make it sound like this try to make it sound like it don't sound like this it don't sound like that record oh my god i can't mix i can't do shit you know but but it sounds so awesome and great to me and i had let other people hear it oh this sounds good what you talking about and the other i don't know i don't hear nothing wrong it's like but it don't sound like this song over here you know what i'm saying so it's like you got to get to a point where you know that you're good, you're the shit, and it's okay to say it. You're not not saying it to be arrogant or be cocky, you know, nothing. It's just giving off the confidence that your work is good, yeah. you know, and it's so okay. So I want to ask you, uh, how exactly was it for you to kind of turn it back on you? Like, was it an instant? Was there a moment or was it over <clears throat> Was it time? like you were watching That's a cartoon? That's what I'm saying. It was just a moment that I just had when I when I was listening to I was mixing an uh, unreleased record by uh, Derez Derez Deshawn, and um, I'm listening back to it. I'm like, this shit is clean as fuck. <laughs> like, nah, like, there's no way. Like, because I'm so I'm so critical myself, and I'm always trying to do the right thing. I'm always trying to do the right technical thing. I'm always trying to do the right artistic thing, and I'm always beating myself up. And I'm like, nah, this shit's good. And then I listen to other stuff that I, that I did. Nah, this shit is good too. Now listen, other I'm like, what? Like, oh shit! I think I'm, I think I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Because you always have that self doubt. Yeah. You know, oh, because that's why you're always trying to listen. You always try to go to the car, let it, you know, hear, hear it in the car, hear it on the Bluetooth speaker, uh, hear it in headphones, and you know, you're always questioning yourself. And I, and I stopped. I had to stop doing. You that. know, I've actually had to change my mindset on referencing music because um, I've actually changed the way I actually do it. Because a lot of times I was uh, listening to music and trying to see, okay, the bass content's here. This is where they've rolled off the vocal. And I had to get mm-hmm. myself out of the technical mindset of it. Um, yeah. But creatively speaking, like, okay, the snare is actually pretty loud. And it's kind of in front of the vocal, but it gives this vibe. And I started listening to the vibe right. of the reference more than I started listening uh-huh. to the actual sonic character of it. Because every record that I get sounds different. Every sample is different, unless it's the same producer using the same samples every time and likes the same mix every time. Every mix is different. I've never (laughs) approached the same thing. No template has ever worked. But the one thing that I have been doing is like listening to different genres now 
which I used to be like that metal guy. That's like, if it's not metal, I don't want to listen to it. You know, but, um, you know, the reality is like, I had to open my ears to different genres to get better. And like, uh, today while we were driving to the unfortunately closed restaurant, such a bummer, um, not as bad as Miss Flight or or Canceled Flight or whatever, but you know, um, I was showing them a song called Traffic by Loud Pack, Pack spelled P-V-C-K, but like, it goes so hard on the bass. It's so loud, the mix, and like, it doesn't sound overly compressed. And I was just like... I totally mm-hmm. want to party to this song. I wasn't listening to it like, wow, it's getting some minus six loofs or anything. No, I was just like, this thing goes so goddamn hard. Like, I I, I wonder right. what the mix was like for this because it everything's so awesome. Yeah. And I just want awesome right. as my mix. I don't want minus six. I want awesome. Right. Awesome. <laughs> I like that. So... What's your what's your love set? It's that awesome. Yeah, it's like yo. So like, what are you using to meter? Uh, I use a slope of about three awesomes. Yeah, right. Yeah, man. And and once you once you uh, I guess accept that um that confidence in yourself, man. It's 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 game time. Man. I really do think that that's like a very life changing thing. That that moment I don't when know it clicks. If, I, I don't. I feel like. Yeah, when it clicks. Yeah, I don't really know if this is something that's inevitable or if we're just really lucky or, you know, for me it was the, I like maybe it's the the dad that never really fully approved of what I, what I was doing mentality. It wasn't until like I met Leslie and, mm. and if you remember, like he kind of like approved my mix, and then at that point, right? Yeah, I do. That's when that. I started the pot. Because you, yes, yes, you did. You you did doubt yourself a lot. I remember that. Yeah, I remember. like crazy. And then that that that. Yeah, yeah, and we was all like, "Yo, DK, what are you talking Man, about?" That's like, just good. It's the same. Yeah, same. Yeah, that's just. And then good. it was. Yeah, it was at that point that. where I realized, and I don't think my mixes like got better all of a sudden. It was more about my mentality around it. Like I, I started to feel a lot happier, mm-hmm. and and like I started recognizing, oh my goodness, I think I might actually be good, or at least worthy of standing up against <laughs> other people. You know. Right. So there let me go. ask this to right? both of you. Changed my life forever. So let me ask this to both of you now, because I like what you just said it may not have been necessarily that you got any better. Just your, your mental approach to what you thought you were doing. You no longer thought you were that bad. In fact, you recognize the growth that you've been seeing. Like you go to the gym every day. You don't lose five pounds immediately. You don't gain muscle immediately. That takes time. But like your mentality is what clicked. Not your progress. Hmm. The progress is right. The mentality clicked. You know. Yeah. So, like, would right. you guys say that the click wasn't necessarily that you things. suddenly got better, but rather you suddenly appreciated your work? What do you think, Chase? All of that. Right. No, he's absolutely right because in in this business, you can always learn something new. You can always grow. There's always some some new technique that's out there. There's a a, a new sound that's coming up. So, um, it's more about accepting that. Um, what you had said, Lou, um, what you, what you had said, accepting that you were good and, uh, accepting that you were that good, but not that bad. Yeah. It's more about like, you know what I'm saying? no longer criticizing yourself in the negative, uh, but recognizing uh-huh. that, you know what? It's not <clears throat> that I'm great, but I shouldn't have criticized myself that bad. Like I actually, I'm not bad. I, I try to right. remind like students and interns anytime that I like sit down and give lessons for mixing. I feel like I try to make a big point of this in the sense that I remind the students that like, I'm older than you. You probably have better ears than I do. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and it comes back to, again, being super critical when you're listening and whatnot. Like, the tools don't mm. matter. 200 hertz in a snare drum isn't what matters. It's more of the ability to recognize, right. I want the snare drum to be thicker because it hits a little bit harder. Yeah. How you do it, right. and technically speaking, uh-huh. is a matter of taste and, and tech. Like, that doesn't matter as much. But yeah. being able to, like, because we all listen to music. Anybody that does this, we love and listen to music. You know, you, we didn't come into yeah. this because right. we did art and just needed to get, you know what I'm saying? Like, like did like yeah, right. art on canvas. Anyway, we, we did this because we love music. Yeah. And I can, I can almost say, especially recently, like I still do a lot of listening, but I don't go into the car and turn on the radio first thing as much as I used to in high school. And there's many like people that I teach, many interns and students where like they listen to a lot more music and spend tens of thousands of more hours on Spotify in a year than I do. I'm like, yeah. you're allowed to, you know, have a taste and you just need yeah. to be confident with your taste. People yeah. are always like, Oh, like I need to, like they, the other day, like one of the people I was giving a lesson with is like, I, I was put, I was working on this bass track and I was trying to figure out what this bass can do. And I felt like that was like the wrong question uh-huh. to ask. It's not about what the bass can do. It's like, <laughs> nah, what do you want the bass to do? And everything yeah, that you're doing you is like to, just how getting do you want it to sound. Exactly, exactly. So I, I have a tip for, for, for some people. Like, I guess it's kind of like a beginner level tip, right? Um, and this is what I do on, on something like a, like a hi-hat, right? Because I'm, I'm very, uh, my ears is very sensitive to that, to that sound. So you go on a hi-hat, you want the hi-hat to hit a certain... Um, a certain a certain way, right? Simple. Put an EQ on it. I like the API, the API 500. Throw that on there and just go through different presets. Each preset is going to give you a different sound, a different taste, a different something, and just pick which one sounds good with everything else. You get what I'm saying? That's going. You know, what's on. my favorite thing with you know? presets is when you hear the name of the, or when you read the name and then you listen to it and then you try to associate. Because sometimes I have a really hard time associating what they thought. That sounded like to what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. It's called Master Thump, mm-hmm. but it's like cut in the low end. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one was like yeah. big and large, and it was like like a stereo <laughs> widener, like large. at max and everything. I was like, wow, that sounds really thin and horrible. Right. <laughs> uh, again, it depends you on know, the but Yeah, exactly. On, it could have been like a really cool instrument. Yeah, depending on the rest of the instruments, depending on the, 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 the song. You know, something like that might work for for that. You know, it might not work. Just go through it and just, you know, and, and start learning that um, EQ is very important. <laughs> um, and you can definitely uh, change the sound of a, of, a, of a hi-hat or a snare or anything just with different presets on an on EQ. Just pick one and, and figure out how it sounds, you know, and, and go, go from there. So, Chase, what do you foresee so, in your future journey? Like, I know... I mean, it's crazy to think that after this self-discovery, it's only been a short amount of time. We have decades yeah. more. Isn't that crazy to think about? Oh what, God, what, do you, right. it's what do you foresee in your decades in the future? Um, man, uh, especially with the artists that I'm working with right now, man, I see just, just a ton of success with, with uh, being a part of their legacy. Because I'm more, I'm more of the wanting to have a name in history or somebody, someone's history. You know what I'm saying? It's not no amount of money can, uh, you know, can can uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, take over that feeling. You get what I'm saying? So, um, you know, from the Grammys to platinum plaques, you know, working towards a gold plaque um, right now, actually. But um, 
Yeah, just a whole bunch of success, man. Doing this music thing and love doing it, and that's pretty much it, man. You're just in the you. You've got your direction figured out. You're just in the put your head down and grind phase. Yeah, I'm in the put my head down, grind, is keeping it forward, man. Tunnel vision focused, 100. percent That's so awesome. That's so yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, man. I'm about to get a gold record. I know bro. that's crazy. Congratulations, that's crazy. congratulations. Word, man. You know. It's it's taking a little bit longer than they, than it used to, but you know. Hey man, I waited two years after the release of one of the songs for my first one, and I still have not been yeah. able to order it because the artist has not ordered theirs. But I kid you not, it could be five years ah. before they order it. When the day I get it, like in my hands, it'll feel just as special yeah. as the day it was announced. Like trust Absolutely. me, bro. Like that's, once you get there, the please feeling. call me. I will share that excitement with you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, man. That's Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's a big achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Um Yeah, man. I I want to say this, but uh I want to preface and and if I say if I say this, it sounds like nah nah, I'm just gonna say it. Is um I'm really, really proud of of you and your growth. And I think that thank seeing you. you grow and kind of seeing how you adapt and learn and how you change for the better and how you kind of figure shit out both musically and, and in just in general in life. Um, I'm really, really like proud to, uh, you know, have been part of a group with you. I wouldn't say like, I know it was just like a week long seminar, but it almost feels like the same high school graduating class type deal. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely feels like that. Um, and, and back to you, man, proud of your growth and, and you're making that uh, that scary move from from Utah to to LA. Um, a lot of people uh, hear these kind of stories about people, but you don't really know the people. I actually know what you did. I know the sacrifice that you made, and, and you know, and things that you're going through with your family and stuff like that. I really admire everything you got going on. You're doing, and you know, same deal, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's yep. Oh man, I'm really grateful that neither of us quit music. Yeah, I, w- I was never going to do it. I, you, and, know you know, I wasn't going like, to quit I talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wasn't going to do it. I might talk shit, you know, but I'm not. I'm. This is what I'm. This is what I've been born to do. Um, and and I know that because of the growth. You get what I'm saying? Because of, I didn't. I didn't even realize I was mixing and mastering my own music back in early 2000, right? Not knowing a blip of the technical stuff. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like I hear everything. I understand everything. It's because I was born to do this you know what i mean i think that that's important i think it's it's important to recognize that it took you you know a decade to kind of finally get your of starting yeah, and, and i time. think that that's like a realistic time frame people continue to negate the importance of experience you know? yeah <laughs> like why it take it takes i started time. mixing six months ago why it am i not time. better uh just uh-huh. just enjoy it all you can do is enjoy it and i love that you said that what's important yeah. to you is that you live for this it doesn't matter if you're good or not you just love doing it and i think that that's the most important thing yeah give us give us a couple yeah, yeah. of your best tips for anybody listening right now um listen to the podcast um what is um, what is your from beginner to intermediate what is your best tips for growth um Best tips for growth would be um, be self-aware. Um, know know what you're good at. Know what you're not good at. Like, don't bullshit yourself. You know, if you're not good at it, it's okay that you're not good at it. You know, because I, I, I've um, helped a lot of other students um, 
at full sail. And and I had to be honest with certain people where it's like, it's just not, you're not, it's not it. You know, it's sometimes you have to hit them with that harsh reality. Like you, this is not what you're good at. You might be good at playing the instrument, but you're not good at, at doing this and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? So be more self-aware. Um, so you're not beating yourself up all the time when you're getting no's from uh, opportunities and when you're not getting the job and you're not uh, being picked to mix a song, you're not being picked to produce a record. You get what I'm saying? Be self-aware. Um, that's number one, um, my opinion. Um, and people that, 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 that know they're good and understand that they're good, learn, know that you can always learn, know that, that there's always someone out there better um, that that's, gonna work harder than you no matter how much talent you got and the people that work the hardest are the ones that normally get picked first um <clears throat> and just um have fun with it man have fun with the process whatever you go through the bad the ups the the, the good the the down just trust the process run through it connect with however many people you can connect with that's love that loves and does the same thing as you don't be connecting with people that don't do what you do. That's just going to distract you. Stick to the people. It's like I'm talking to DK and Lou. There's a reason for that. <laughs> you get what oh. I'm saying? I don't talk to anybody that don't that do not do what I do. That don't have the same passion like I do for music and, and mixing. Like we have a passion for making records sound good. How crazy is that? Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher <laughs> this quote, but I thought I, I, thought I read somewhere. Um, I've said this before, maybe. I don't remember. Um, the transference of confidence by being around passionate people is enlightenment. That could have been potentially butchered. I wouldn't have no idea. Actually, that was pretty spot on. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I. Oh, my legs, my legs went out. Dude, <laughs> you said it was enlightenment, and you oh, took him into the darkness. <laughs> what is wrong with you, DK? You're a witch. <laughs> and I shall burn you at the stake. Nah, that was that was it. That shows up. That's it, though. That was the end. For anybody that's watching the podcast, the, uh, the lights turned off in Chase's place. That's why. That's why. Maybe there's the, no visual. There's not always a visual element. Maybe to it's it. the flashy Hashira that's uh, around him right now. He took all the light. Yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, thank you that so was... much for joining us, Chase. Really insightful. I'm, I think that there's lots of things that people can learn from our conversation. Um, we uh -huh. got to learn a lot more about you in general <clears throat> as well. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for and, um, up. I'm 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 interested in um doing a lot more, you know, um um podcasts and interviews and things like this just to just to put myself out there more for one. And then also just um be more involved in the engineer community. Um now that I kinda uh label myself as an engineer and not just a producer or I would say a producer engineer, right? That's what I like to call myself. I don't really necessarily like the the you know mix engineer because you know people put you they still put you in that in that weird box you know when it's like no we're we're more than just you know mix engineers we produce the sound you get what i'm saying we're producing what you what you hear you don't understand how shitty them, them rough mixes be sounding <laughs> when we first get them y'all don't understand that yo i you hate know? to wrap on this question but how do you feel and this is completely perspective at this point how do you feel uh -huh. when you get asked if, uh, no, not asked, you mix a song, they compare it to the rough, whether yep. it's demoitis or not, but they like the rough better than your mix. Any advice for those who are going through that? Because I feel like that's a very beginning stage issue that people run into. They did their best. 
but yeah. the client still likes their mm-hmm. rough. Any outgoing words on that? Um, it's okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's it. You know, yeah. it, because at the end of the day, you you can't please everybody. Number one, and and then you know, I I, I put it like this. It also depends on who's telling me that. You know, to keep it one hundred, keep it hot. Because if you if if it's a person that doesn't have that's not sonically trained, that doesn't really know certain things that they that that we know, it's like okay, okay. I I like that. Yeah, I like that. I, I think like okay, there's something to, to learn from that. There's something to learn from it, but there's also it's okay to not get it right. Like yeah. do better the next yeah, time, and, okay. and sometimes it's not even about doing better. Sometimes it's just the taste. Yeah, didn't line up. Right, it's 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 the taste. It's the taste, really. And and that's that's um my point too. I want people to to hire me because of they like my taste. You know, I think it. Yeah, not just listening for they're not listening uh, because most people they're just listening for clarity, quality. They're not listening for the like. How did you move the vocals over just a little bit to kind of give it a different groove? I do that all the time, with, especially with rappers. They're not necessarily rapping in the pocket, so I move this, move it over a little bit, and now it's kind of like flowing a little bit versus how they had it, and it was just like on the. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? So, you know, I actually feel like uh, that's a really important thing to note because uh, sometimes if you mix it too good, you start showing the flaws in the performance. And I've noticed that mm-hmm. that sometimes even I'll listen back to like the demo and be like, it felt better because it was blurrier. Right. And because of that, certain mm-hmm. imperfections were just kind of hidden. So I'll like have You'd to have dial to back to what I records. did to listen. take it back to the demo. And I feel like sometimes that's what they like. You know what you know what song I listened to that kind of made me feel um feel a little crazy? Um Bruno Mars and, and Anderson Pack smoking out the window, mm-hmm. right? You ever listen to that record and just listen to the mix of it? It's like it's it's amazing record. It's my f- most favorite rep- record in the world, top ten record in the world. But it's like the sound of it is it's very it's like it's kind of dull, it's kind of low, but it still sounds good, and it doesn't doesn't sound like every another song. So how can someone reference something like that? You, you get what I'm saying? The vibe. Yeah, it's right. It's true. You reference the vibe. It's true. But the way that I was doing it before was trying to make it sound like mm-hmm. that. You get what I'm saying? Not necessarily make it feel like. I, th- yeah. I think you're. You know I, mean? I think you're both are onto something here. Making something sound like another record—that's almost impossible, especially with the production, the vocal style, the microphone. But the that's room. what when, yeah. when, when we're taught music, when we're taught mixing, it's always reference to record, reference. I didn't. I guess I didn't understand it. Uh, you know, and I think that could be a whole other like episode about me. how to listen and how to reference specifically. And it's not tonal; it's more vibe. emotional. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, Sometimes like yeah, to just pick out. I made a tweet the yeah, other day that out. a lot of people seem to be responding to, where I was like, "Yo, at no point have I ever thought, nor anyone out in the market, been like, you know what? I really like this song because it was recorded on a yada blada mic and a going through a shaba daba compressor. Like at no point has anybody <laughs> yeah. ever said anything remotely like that in the." consumer market they've just been like i really mm-hmm. like this song like don't overthink it just go with the vibe yeah yeah just go with the vibe yeah. and that's it um and and it's crazy when i started listening to music that way i i just heard like wow this doesn't this the vocal mix is not good or the the drums is not that strong but the song still it's still hot it's still 
popping. You get what I'm saying? It's all because of the vibe. Yeah, I was listening to an old band yesterday that I used to listen to a lot, uh, System of a Down. And, uh, you know, I always really like their mixes. And to this day, I, even, even with fresh ears, I still appreciate what those mixes yeah. are. But I quickly yeah. realized how not great they are compared to today. So the funny <laughs> thing is, am I really that mad that the mix wasn't actually that great? <clears throat> no, because when I was in high school, all I ever wanted to do was play Toxicity on guitar or BYOB or Sugar or exactly. Metro. And like all those records had me emotionally engaged. At no point was I like, oh, wait, that was a 57? Ugh. Yeah. yeah. You could definitely listen to old music and then, and, and, and you know, with us um, hearing new music um, now uh, and comparing it, it's like those songs still rock. It don't, it don't matter. You get what I mean? Absolutely. So the biggest takeaways, if kind of like too long didn't read here, the summary here, <laughs> Chase, we, we talked about the importance of being humble, yet learning to become confident, right. self-acceptance. Yes. We talked about uh-huh. the importance for you of, of education and being connected to people. Uh, the importance of resilience yep. and sticking around and do it for so long. Um, referencing, we talked a little bit yeah. about referencing. We've talked a little bit about yeah. um, so many different concepts, so many different things. I'm, I'm hoping that listeners of the podcast will just really appreciate. Um, Chase, it's so awesome. It's so awesome to have you on yeah, the show. Yeah, appreciate and, and it, man. This was awesome. This was um, this was dope, man. I, I want to do this more often. Yeah, and and tell sure. us uh, how can people reach out to you and find you? What is your Instagram tag? Uh, my Instagram tag is Chase Style C H A S E S T Y L E. Um, you can pretty much put that on anything. You probably find me. Uh, but Instagram, I'm more active on. Um, just hit me up. You know, anybody looking for uh, any advice or any uh, mixing services and stuff like that, just holler at me there. Awesome. Hit up Chase Style at Chase yeah. Style. <laughs> <laughs> Hit up Chase Style at Chase that's Style. Right, that's yeah, right. That's right. And again, thank you guys for having me on and, um, you know, talking with me and, and uh, bust, busting my cherry on this, on this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, Is this I, your first one? <laughs> yeah, it's my first good, one. Good, good, good. What's crazy, when, when me and you spoke about, uh, about us doing this, um, maybe like four other people hit me up after, like on some like divine timing thing, random, because I never, and, and I wanted to, to speak with you first because I knew I would be more comfortable with you first. You get what I'm saying? So... And then more people uh, started hitting me up randomly. Hey, we want to do do an interview with you. We're like, oh, really? Oh, sure. Hell yeah, let's do it. You know, so this was cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, letting us talk and for letting everybody learn. Um, we appreciate you getting on. Um, if you're interested, uh, real yep. quick, uh, sp- shout out to our sponsor. Um, and this is we're going to ask you, Chase. We thank you for sponsoring the show, Isotope. If you're interested in getting ten percent off of any Isotope nice. products. Uh, go to isotope.com backslash MM podcast. Um, they have a 10% off code for any of their products as well as an extended trial period awesome. for their monthly ser- monthly subscription packages. So instead of a seven-day free trial, awesome. if you go to that link, you'll get a whole 30 days. Um, Chase, I know you use some isotope stuff. One, 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 one thing, secret, secret code. I'm just going to give you a secret code. Tell us code, the secret code. Right? I don't know. This, this, I just, I'm obsessed with it. I don't know how many people like do processing on their mix bus. I know a lot of people don't. I do, right? What I use, I use Ozone, Ozone 9, Exciter. Uh-huh. I'm obsessed with that shit. Yes. I'm obsessed with that I shit. I love it. <laughs> Dude, use the tube uh, with the oversample on. Use tube on anything below 80 hertz. Uh- 
So over, oversampling, real quick, guys. I know we're about to get into some shit. Oversampling. I, I'm still trying to understand the oversampling, to be honest with you. Well, basically, you're just scanning it multiple times over so that whatever changes you make, you get a little more refined detail out of it. So, yeah, it just upsamples everything. So if you're working 48. 41, oh, you can do okay. like 96. Yeah. yeah. So it like upsamples right. the plugin. Now, does it actually make it sound gotcha. better? Uh, I've heard some plugins that sound exactly the same. Which it's, it's to prevent aliasing be, with distortion. Yeah, exactly. But like, I've noticed that if you do it with FabFilter, like something suddenly sounds like it opened up. So I don't know what magical wizard is behind the codes there, but you know, but <laughs> I Isotope like yeah. literally has yeah. like that. I kid you not, that Exciter is amazing. Excited! It's amazing. So, amazing. so we and can you can you can pick out certain frequencies that 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 you really want to touch and kind of bring out more whatever kind of feeling you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So, what's your secret? What's the okay. what's the low end, mid range, the whole thing, top end? What's kind of like a setting um, that you completely like? Completely distorted highs. What's your what's your thing that you like to go uh, to? I like I like anywhere in between maybe three hundred and five. Right, turn that exciter on and maybe the tube. Maybe the tube and just kind of like just touch it a little bit. Just pull it up, pull the amount up a little bit just to see what it does, you know, and then pull it back down and then A and B that shit. Crazy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change. Oh, there yeah. you go. So Tell the me. mid-range, exciting the mid-range a little bit. I love it. I love it. It's getting me excited. Yeah. So oh. if you're interested on a discount for any of that or, or like an extended trial period, go to isotope.com backslash MM podcast. All right. Yes, sir. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time, Chase. Yeah, appreciate you guys for sure. Of course, of course. And on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.